Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. If you're an Islander fan, you probably did. What a great two games for the Islanders. The series against Philadelphia delayed as a result of the uh, social justice uh, stand taken by NHL players and teams, and yet As a result, the Islanders regroup after falling in Game 2 and take both weekend contests, Game uh, 3 and Game 4, by 3-1 and 3-2 scores, respectively. We will break it all down, tell you what the Islanders are doing well, and talk about where they are at this point in the series. Uh, So many things this team is doing right and we'll also talk about some of the things they need to work on and improve upon as they move forward. But at the end of the day, the beautiful thing is the New York Islanders are one win away from reaching the conference finals for the first time in 27 years. So lots of excitement right now for Islanders Nation, and we will break it all down for you. If there's something that's on your mind, Uh, a comment, a question, something you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to send us an email, the address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also contact the show and follow the show on Twitter. The handle is at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes concerning the New York Islanders. All right, let's do this in order. Uh, Saturday evening, game got changed to the evening when the NHL revised the schedule, but a 3-1 to win for the Islanders in Game 3 over the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And this game was a strong one. And... You know, the thing that I noticed, and it's just sort of a trend, is that the players who Barry Trotz decides to put into the lineup always seem to come through in some way with big plays and strong performances and key moments, and that is just one of those things that makes a big difference for the Islanders. Having a GM like Lou Lamorello already in the Hockey Hall of Fame and a coach like Barry Trotz, who most likely will end up in the Hockey Hall of Fame, truly benefiting the Islanders. And you look at Game 3, for example. Uh, 
Ross Johnston out of the lineup. He is a, a healthy scratch. Derek Broussard, who was a healthy scratch in the first two games of this series, inserted into the lineup. He picks up a key assist in this one on the what ended up being the game-winning goal in the second period by Leo Kamarov. So, uh, again, just getting the player into the lineup at the right moment, in the right way, at the right time. Uh, just a gift, it seems, that Barry Trotz seems to have, and the Islanders are benefiting from it. You know, they fell behind in the first period on uh, Tyler uh, P- uh, Pitlick's goal with about five and a half minutes left in the period, but the Islanders didn't panic. And in the second period, you know, Matt Martin ends up poking the puck home to tie it midway through. And, you know, that was a great goal for Martin set up by a nice play by Matthew Barzal, who continues to make plays in this series. His seventh assist of the postseason, another assist to Jordan Eberle. And then, you know, the Leo Kamarov goal set up by a very smart play and a very good play by Derek Broussard, who was just put into the lineup, and Kamarov comes through big, and then in the third period, now that goal, by the way, in the second period of Game 3, happening with a little more than five seconds left on the clock in the second period, breaks the 1-1 tie. Goals that are scored in the last minute of a period like that are definitely momentum changers. They make a big difference And, you know, the Islanders, who outplayed the Flyers for much of that second period, did a great job of, you know, seizing the momentum, changing the feel of the game, and then early in the third period, they draw the penalty, and Anders Lee gets a typical Anders Lee goal set up in his favorite area just in front of the net, and tips home the play on a pass by Eberly, Pulak also with an assist, and just like that, it's 3-1. to one. And after that, then it's the Simeon Varlamov show. And Varlamov, who, you know, was pulled from Game 2 after a not-so-great performance. Wasn't awful, but it was shaky, and he gave up two goals to the short side in Game 2, which is something you don't want to see, and gave up three goals on ten shots. But... In this game, Game 3, Varlamov, 26 saves in 27 shots faced and really doing a very, very good job right there. Meanwhile, uh, again, Jean-Gabriel Pajot not on the score sheet in Game 3, but leads the Islanders with five assists, wins, you know, eight out of 14 face-offs, and just generally comes through with strong play for the Islanders' third line. Leo Kamarov again in the lineup. He ends up scoring a goal. So the Islanders just getting the job done overall. And again, shot blocks, always uh, a big factor for the Islanders. That is one of those things that smart teams do well. And the Islanders were out in front in shot blocks. You, you go up and down the list, three shot blocks for Pellick, Pulak, and Taves. Two each for Mayfield and Letty. 
one for green and again you know players willing to pay the price and sacrifice their body Anders Lee doing his job the Islanders stayed out of the penalty box again all the little things that you know the Islanders needed to do in order to produce victory they did in game three they took that two to one lead in the series and definitely advanced their cause heading in to game four which was played last night we will break down game four talk about where this series is headed some of the things the islanders need to still work on all that's still to come on today's locked on islanders podcast folks a lot of people don't like the taste of protein bars or the consistency but you never have to worry about that with built bar built bar is simply the best tasting protein bar ever and the new improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. There are now 18 amazing flavors, with both with and without nuts, including six new flavors like Cherry Barcia, Carrot Cake, Apple, Almond Crisp, and Caramel Brownie. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Let's look at the peanut butter flavor. Each bar has 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, Built Bar has a new promotion just for you. There's a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Also, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right, so the Islanders in game four, which was played last night, come up with a big three to two win. And, you know, this again is one of those situations where you see Barry Trotz make a decision in his lineup and it pays off the islanders allowed 38 shots on goal in this game by far the most shots they have allowed throughout these stanley cup playoffs and we know the islanders are a team that wins and focuses because of their defense their defense is the key to their success and usually that means limiting the number of quality chances that an opposing team has and they did that in almost every game in the playoffs until last night until game four where the islanders actually struggled to keep the flyers at bay and yet while allowing 38 shots trots decided in a back-to-back game to go with tomas grice in goal we know grice played in game two in relief after Varlamov was pulled and played well. He played even better last night in game four. 36 saves in 38 shots, some of them spectacular. He was busy, he was active, and he got the job done to help the Islanders get the victory. And that was absolutely huge. The first period was scoreless. Both teams had their chances But then the Islanders end up taking the lead on a goal by Brock Nelson. Sean Couturier answered for the Flyers. It's 1-1 going into the third. And then 
Jean-Gabriel Pajot, his seventh of the playoffs, ends up getting the game winner at 7-18. Brock Nelson, the insurance goal at 11-12 of the third period. And then with a minute five left, uh, Provorov, Ivan Provorov, scores for Philadelphia to make it a one-goal game. The Flyers pull their goalie, but are unable to beat Grice. And Grice, again, gets the job done. Another guy who really got the job done was Josh Bailey. Uh, Two of the three goals he assisted on, and they were just, again, the smart kind of plays that Josh Bailey makes. Now, here's a guy who did not register a shot on goal, but really made some smart plays with the puck, set up two of those goals with very good, accurate pinpoint passes, and that makes all the difference again for the New York Islanders. And yeah, they they find a way, uh, no matter what, to win this hockey game, even though they were, uh, you know, allowing as many shots as they did. And so many of those shots, uh, you know, a, a good number of those shots were from the high traffic, dangerous areas. But you know what? On the flip side, the Islanders also had a lot of quality shots, and that makes a big difference uh, at the end of the game. So the offense getting the job done, and again, you know, the Islanders doing a good job of staying out of the penalty box. Only uh, one power play for the Philadelphia Flyers, and we know the Islanders have struggled at times uh, on special teams during these playoffs, and yet here they are you know what, if if your penalty kill isn't performing great, one of the great things you can do is stay out of the penalty box. And the Islanders did exactly that, and it made a big difference. Two goals for Brock Nelson as the uh, Nelson line, along with Bailey and Bavillier, continues to be the Islanders' most consistent. And then how about Jean-Gabriel Pajot? who, again, scores a goal and has been an amazing trade deadline pickup. If I would have been told at the trade deadline that, you know, right now, here we are in this, uh, you know, conference semifinal, that Jean-Gabriel Pajot would have seven goals for the New York Islanders in these playoffs, would be a good penalty killer, a good face-off man, I mean, this is all we could have asked for from Jean-Gabriel Pajot and more. How about the face-off work, by the way, of Matthew Barzal in Game 4? Seven out of eight in the face-off dot. Brassard also won both of his face-offs, but uh, seven out of eight, pretty tough to beat. Everyone else was more or less close to 50%. But the Islanders get that benefit. And then again, block shots. Ryan Pulak with four to pace the Islanders' defense. But Andy Green and Scotty Mayfield each with three in this game. And then the shots on goal. Brock Nelson, five. Four for Matt Barzal. Five for Eberle. And then a whole bunch of players with the threes. Bavillier, Pajot. Anders Lee, uh, all with three shots on goal, and so did Ryan Pulak. So, again, the Islanders rolling their lines. They are 
keeping all six defensemen active, the highest number of minutes played by Adam Pellick. He had 23 minutes and two seconds in this game, while Andy Green had the least at 17.56. So you're really talking about a five-minute difference over the course of the game for the number one defenseman in terms of ice time played and the number six defenseman in terms of ice time played. And that really does make a big difference. You keep everybody fresh. Nobody is getting exhausted. You had the similar situation with the forwards where no forward played more than 18 minutes in this game for the Islanders, but none played less than nine minutes and 43 seconds. So again, rolling four lines, rolling three defense pairs or six defensemen because they do change off the pairs occasionally. Uh, Barry Trotz, on a, especially when you're playing back-to-back games, keeping all your players fresh is a huge, huge benefit. So Islanders getting the job done, and they are up in this series right now. Three games to one, and that is a position that Islander fans have to be very excited about uh, as the Islanders are one game away from the conference finals for the first time since 1993. We will talk a little bit more about game four, plus uh, some tough decisions ahead. Who's the goalie in game five? Interesting to see what Barry Trotz decides to do after a day off. We'll talk about that and some more things as well. Concerning Game 5, more to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so one obvious question that has to be asked after both goaltenders performed extremely well over the weekend. Uh, Simeon Varlamov, outstanding Saturday. Tomas Grice, maybe even better on Sunday. But you know what? Both of them played exceptionally well. And you got to give credit to Barry Trotz. And to Tomas Grice, who, again, Game 2 was his first real game action since March, uh, unless you count the, what was it, a period that he played in that exhibition game against the Rangers uh, at the end of July. But Grice was sharp in Game 2 in relief, only gave up the one goal in overtime, which uh, I believe he was screened on. And then, you know, in Game 4 last night... 36 saves and 38 shots, but at the same time, how do you not play Simeon Varlamov, who has been outstanding throughout these playoffs, with the possible exception of the first period of Game 2, which the Islanders ended up losing in overtime? Uh, The good news is that the Islanders have two strong candidates to choose from, and they have a coach who has a gift for seemingly inserting the right player into the lineup at the right time. We talked about how, you know, Derek Broussard and Ross Johnston have been in and out of the lineup, and yet when they get into the lineup, you get a performance like a big assist from Broussard or a 10-hit game, and one of those hits, even though we didn't get an assist, really helped set up a goal by Johnston it's like Barry Trotz almost has a sixth sense as to, uh, you know, picking the right player at the right time, especially during 
these playoffs. So, I mean, right now you could go with either goalie. Today is an off day. The next game will be played on Tuesday. And that gives the Islanders a little bit of flexibility uh, either way to come up with the goalie they want and know that if there's a problem, they've got another guy ready in reserve. I don't expect much in the way of lineup changes uh, based on the way the team has played. And obviously, they are going to need to continue to do some of the things they've done right. And that includes staying out of the penalty box. The power play didn't get many opportunities in game four. They did score an important goal in game three. Again, uh, they need to get a little bit more consistent on the power play. But I think in recent games, what we've seen is that they are trending in the right direction with regard to their play with the man advantage. Uh, The other thing is, you know, after this game, the one thing the Islanders did so effectively in games one and three was to keep the Flyers from moving through the neutral zone with the puck. In game two, especially in the first period, it was all Flyers and the Flyers had way too much room there was, it was somewhere in between in this game, but again, uh, a few too many giveaways in their own zone, and you saw Grice bail them out many, many times, and a, few, a little bit too much room for some of the Flyers' skill players to skate, uh, you know, in center ice and thereby set up plays. Now, I doubt Brian Elliott will be in goal in Game 5. I think the Flyers go back to Carter Hart. But uh, another thing that the Islanders have done well uh, is keep Claude Giroux and Voracek uh, and Konechny uh, uh, off the board uh, throughout the majority of this series. And when when the Flyers' top players continue to struggle, that is a problem for the Philadelphia Flyers. The Islanders have to keep that up. They have to keep the pressure on and keep these Flyers players frustrated because right now, you know guys like Giroux are holding the stick and squeezing it tight and wondering when it is they're going to break out of these slumps. So Couturier looks like he's starting to get going, but Giroux, Voracek, Connect uh, me, Van Riemsdyk. These guys need to pick it up for Philadelphia, and the Islanders need to continue to prevent them from getting good quality scoring opportunities. And for most of the games of this series, they've done just that. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Islanders. We'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of Game Five and a look ahead. At uh, the Islanders, we will return to our Islanders birthday of the day tomorrow, and we'll have a lot of other interesting features for you. Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy it, because this is a great time to be an Islanders fan. One game away from the conference finals for the first time in 27 years. Savor the moment, and of course, let's go Islanders.